Welcome, everyone. I'm Sandra Bargeman. A few years ago, I wrote and performed a solo show called The Edge of Every Day, which was an exploration of the rough edges and contradictions we all face and grapple with. The show hit a nerve, and the relevance of the topic would only grow over time more than I could have foreseen. So, here we are. Real talk with real people, sharing stories and perspectives that spark provocative invitations to leap out of what's safe, on the edge of every day. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. We are live in the hive. Thank you for joining me on this, the 27th episode of The Edge of Every Day here on talkradio.nyc. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, and for those of you who don't know me yet, I encourage you to check out my bio on talkradio.nyc, or you can visit my website, sandrabargeman.com, or tune in to any of my previous episodes. In a nutshell, this show is about celebrating triumphs, pushing boundaries, and exploring rough edges. Through conversations and shared stories with friends and colleagues, it's my hope that we can begin to understand our edges. And what I mean by edges is those places where we're fearful, those places where we are resistant to change, those places where paradoxes and contradictions live in our beliefs and our understandings, both about ourselves and the world around us, those places we don't want to look. Listen, we live in turbulent times, and we are coming to understand that life isn't black or white. It must be an embrace of both. The more we recognize our own edges and get real about them, the more we can help others to do the same. And that, I fully believe, can help to change the world. So thanks again for tuning in. And without further ado, it's time for me to introduce our guest this evening. Lynn Janae Rositas is a CEO, sports nutritionist, NMT practitioner, holistic health practitioner, and registered yoga teacher. She is the New York Times and international best-selling author of The Plan and The Metabolism Plan a groundbreaking anti-inflammatory nutritional protocol, which has been published in over 15 countries. In addition, Linjane has written the Plan Cookbook and the Metabolism Plan Cookbook, filled with her healthful recipes that are nutritionally balanced to support metabolic and hormonal health. She's been featured on Dr. Oz, CBS, NBC, and Fox News, and in Huffington Post, Women's Running, Fitness, Marie Claire, L, and Prevention. Lynn Janae and her staff of doctors and nutritionists have helped hundreds of thousands of men and women reach their best health by finding their chemical responses to food, not counting calories. The plan is an effective way to lose weight, improve health, and reverse the aging process. Most impressive is that many of Lynn Janae's teen colleagues work with her after having their own health issues transformed by her groundbreaking work. Welcome, Lynn Janae. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have us chat with your folks. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. It's wonderful to have you. Oh, my goodness. Well, in full disclosure... Lynn Janae and I were supposed to have a conversation on Valentine's Day. The edges, I thought Valentine's Day was a fantastic day to explore our edges of self-care and self-love and nutrition and health. But unfortunately, we had to reschedule due to some technical issues. But on that episode, I was ready. I had my white wine. I had my chocolate-covered strawberries because I'm a fan of Lynn Janae's work. I know that those are reactive and inflammatory foods, but it today is May 9th and we have plenty of things to celebrate this May 9th. Yesterday was Mama's Day. Happy Mama's Day. This Friday, May 13th, International Hummus Day, <laughs> chickpeas are integral in the plan 
And it's also National Apple Pie Day, Lynn Janae. This Thursday is National Fibromyalgia Awareness Day, an autoimmune disease. And Lynn Janae will get into how her plan works in solving those issues. And it's also Nutty Fudge Day. Yes, International Nutty Fudge Day. So I have my chocolate-covered nuts in celebration today. Wednesday, May 11th is National Twilight Zone Day and National Eat What You Want Day. Can we have that every day, Lynn Janae? <laughs> Tomorrow, May 10th, is National Shrimp Day. And today is in perfect alignment with our health and our understanding of self-care is National Women's Checkup, Checkup Day. And it's also National Moscato Day. So cheers, my friend. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you for coming on with my very inflammatory wine. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to rain on your parade as long as you don't have it every day. We're we're okay. I love what you said in your book. You know, happiness uh, fights offsets inflammation. When you were talking about wine, and I said I like that. Happiness does offset it. You have to uh, have to have the balance of both. So. Lynn Janae, you have studied nutritional therapy, holistic medicine, homeopathy, herbology, yoga, shiatsu, and NMT. What is NMT? NMT is neuromuscular therapy. Mm. I used to run, so I just want to take some notes because we're going to be touching on a lot of stuff and I want to make sure that I don't miss out on it. Uh, so we're going to talk about happiness and inflammation. Lovely. All right, but let's go into NMT. So I used to run physical therapy clinics. Mm. Um, I have found this to be really helpful in my PT clinics. Uh, and we would see you know, 10,000 people a year. What I did was I created a yoga protocol because traditional physical therapy just keeps you from being broken. But once you feel better, you stop doing the uh, physical therapy exercises. But if you're doing yoga and stuff, that's fine. You keep doing it. When I opened up my holistic health center in 2007, mm. I found that integrating physical health and mental health, emotional health, really helps provide people the best results. So while I don't work as an NMT anymore, I help all of our clients that come to our clinic find the right type of manual therapy that works best for them. And what winds up happening is the autoimmune disease, the chronic pain, the migraines, all of that dissipates because we're reducing inflammation and we're also bringing in physical therapists that do manual therapy. Oh, that's fantastic. So necessary, the body, the body, mind and spirit connection that model. So you got your start in nutrition over 30 years ago. And at this point, it's 40 years. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, right. <laughs> tick tock, tick tock. Um, so what was the spark or the discovery that le led to your groundbreaking, brown, groundbreaking work with inflammation? Was inflammation always your focus? And before you launch into that, I do want you to elaborate on what inflammation is period. You know, we understand that, that it's active, it's primary function, in its primary function, it's active healing. What is that in terms of chronic inflammation for people who don't okay, really so know you, about Okay, so you it? definitely laid the groundwork for me. If you cut your finger or you scrape your knee, the inflammatory process is going to help your body heal more quickly. Mm. And that takes a good reserve of energy, but it's a short-term duration, and so you're okay. Your body rushes to deal with the injury. Then it goes back to doing what it wants to do, which is repair your heart, your liver, your lung, your whatever needs to be repaired in you. But if we have chronic low-grade inflammation, which means that we're constantly in an inflamed state, your body's always going to rush to the most necessary need. So you can think of it as your body thinking that you have cut your finger every single day. And what it does is it rallies all of its defenses to heal that cut finger instead of repairing your heart, your liver, your lung. Mm. 
right? So chronic low-grade inflammation is the basis for every disease, obesity, and premature aging. Obviously, our goal is to lower that inflammation because an inflammatory process, let's say you you have those strawberries or the Moscato, that inflammatory process can last for 72 hours over the age of 40. So we could just be doing three wrong things or three right things and be in a chronic state of inflammation. And this is why type 2 diabetes, heart disease, cancer, autoimmune disease, hormonal imbalance becomes so prevalent over the age of 40. Interesting. So, so how do, just to circle back, how was inflammation, when did you, you, when did you discover that you really wanted to focus in on inflammation? Was it always a part of your nutritional work? Absolutely not. Um, I think really the, the base of the plan came when I was studying Chinese medicine Mm. and I was studying it from a manual therapy standpoint, as well as from a food standpoint. And what I thought was really interesting in Chinese medicine, let's say your liver is excessive and your spleen is deficient. uh, Your acupuncturist would prescribe these foods for you to eat to help remedy these imbalances. And I'm like, that totally makes sense. Right. That's cool. (laughs) Um, so it took when I, shortly thereafter, I moved to San Francisco, and this was at the height of the AIDS epidemic. So I was working a lot with um, people that had contracted AIDS, trying to figure out different ways to help the body heal through food and through massage and through meditation and acupuncture. Um, but it kind of went on the back burner. After that, I studied, uh, I'm also an MLD therapist manual lymph drainage, my my goal was to see if we can help the lymphatic system, can we help diseases like AIDS? Um, But it wasn't until, so it's more immunity, the body's ability to heal that has driven me. And around 2005 or so, I started studying inflammation. It was still a relatively new field at that point. And uh, through my work with nutrition at at my health center in Harlem, I started to find out something very different than what the pros were saying. So the prevalent thought at that point was obesity caused inflammation. Oh, interesting. What I found is that inflammation caused obesity rapidly, and it caused the disease Once again, it was the disease that caused inflammation. That was the prevailing theory. So uh, I think it was 2012, uh, 2011, an article came out about me in Moore Magazine, which sadly no longer exists. Um, But I wrote in there, oatmeal is the devil. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can tell you the next day I woke up, my inbox had 900 emails. I was waking up at four o'clock in the morning and working till 10 o'clock at night, every single night, because every day was another 100 or 1200. And people were saying, thank you. Every time I ate oatmeal, I felt horrible. My my doctor was telling me to eat oatmeal to lower my cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And, And here's the ironic part. If oatmeal makes you feel horrible, it's raising inflammation and it's raising your cholesterol. Right. So um, I was lucky enough to have treated a wonderful woman who had chronic migraines and hormonal disorders. And I'm like, Maggie, please be my assistant. And rapidly, I hired a couple of nutritionists and naturopathic doctors. I mean, we had a a year waiting list and people were like, I will wait a year. Wow. Yeah. How glorious. Oh, So it is time for us to take a break. This is a perfect seg. So then she launches into her groundbreaking protocol in the plan. Stay tuned for our conversation with Lynn Janae Recites when we come back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. 
Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. With Lynn Janae Rositas. So let's dive in. This is a favorite quote of mine of yours. There is no such thing as healthy food, only healthy, only food that is healthy for you. I love that. So the plan. Let's dive in. So you you have discovered inflammation. It is where you want to put your focus. How did your protocol, how did you begin to develop your protocol? That ultimately it was actually you? based probably on the first couple of hundred people that I worked with um, at my health center. Uh, I felt people were really investing their hard earned precious money with me and I wanted to give them back everything I could. So normally when you see a nutritionist, you might be lucky enough to see them once a week, but most people do once a month or twice a year. But because these people were my neighborhood, my neighbors, I said, you know what? This was the days in the Blackberry. You know what? Just, you know, send me a, a message every single day about how you're doing. So I'd, I'd already used um, the three-day cleanse, which is very similar to what we do in the plan for, at that point, I was had been doing it for 25, 30 years. And it was amazing because in that day, you ate these healthy foods, uh, and then you quickly reduced inflammation. You would lose anywhere from five to seven pounds, in three and that days. was great. Pardon? In three days. In three days. Glorious. Absolutely. Eating to your full. And I'd always been told that as a nutritionist, that the worst thing you can do after this wonderful cleanse is to introduce animal protein. And I remember working with this one mom who suffered from depression and she was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I have two great kids. I have a great wife. Why am I depressed? So she's beating herself up. She was a full on vegan. And on day three dinner, we tested, of course, a nice vegan protein, which was black beans. She immediately went from Lynn, this is the best I've felt in years, to sobbing uncontrollably. Lynn, I'm so depressed, I can't get out of bed. The next day she wakes up, she's put on two pounds from one cup of beans. And it's kind of not rock and science. I'm like, maybe you shouldn't have black beans, right? Like, yep. come on, don't do it. Um, one of the other people that I worked with 
suffered from chronic constipation, huge Wall Street investment banker. She was just a powerhouse. And she's like, salmon is my superfood. I will have salmon for breakfast. Salmon, 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 salmon. This was the days of Dr. Perricone, right? Every woman over 40 needs to eat salmon. <laughs> totally, yes. And so I'm like, I think we're going to hold off on salmon a little bit just because from what I've seen, it might not work. And she's, her digestion regulates her mood, her energy. She's not having hot flashes. She feels amazing. She's like killing it at work. And then we introduce salmon. She immediately has constipation and two pound weight gain. And so what I started to see is that any food that didn't work for your body, for your chemistry, would not only cause immediate and huge amounts of weight gain, but it would also exacerbate whatever was underlying in your health history or was part of your health history. It was literally taking a match to a wick connected to a gunpowder machine right. and it was just explode. Yeah. So you, so, so you interviewed, uh, you worked with all these hundreds of people and you gathered your data and it all, how did it all come together with the book? So uh, after that oatmeal article came out, I, I had everyone approaching me, the people that did the Ducan diet, the people that did the pump, whatever that Florida diet is. Um, yes. Every single Have publisher it. came to me and said, you need to write a book. How crazy is that? Oh. I'm like, I, I can write a good email. I don't know if I can write a book. And <laughs> You know, I don't know. I'm a woman on the move. I don't want to sit down and write. (laughs) And the hard part was because I had done such an individual diet for each person, I didn't know, could I create a universal template? So it kind of took a while for me to come up with it, but I did. So basically what you do is you, if you're doing the plan, you do 20 days. I highly recommend you do the metabolism plan because it's 30 days and you start to test the foods that you love. And this is important because I'm not saying you need to eat vegan or you need to eat paleo or I don't care how you eat. I just want to make sure the foods that you eat work for your body. And every single person I have met is eating anywhere from three to five healthy foods that are causing inflammation and they're eating it daily. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was talking with a friend today and, and excited to interview with you. And, and I said, you know, I can let the salmon go. I don't need to ever have salmon again. I want to be the person that eats French fries and is fine and lose weight. I want to be that person, not the, not the salmon person. <laughs> so you came out and you, you set out and you, you come up with this universal template and you come out with your book. When did it move into, because you just mentioned the metabol, um, metabolism plan. Um, so that expands on the plan. Tell us about how that ex- expanded your work. Okay, so when I had the plan published, it was still talking about inflammation and gut function. Mm. People thought I was a witch doctor. I'm sure, because you were ahead of the curve. It's now a big buzzword, and we're going to get into gut function, but you ushered it in. Exactly. So, uh, And also, bioindividual diets didn't really become a buzzword until, I think, 2014 or 2015. So, yes, I laid the groundwork, and I, I felt I was already driving this publishing company crazy. I mean, it's the second largest publishing company in the world, and they really took a chance on me. Mm. So I had to rein myself in every single day from things I really wanted to say, right? Everybody has a thyroid. You need to nourish your thyroid if you want to nourish your metabolism. There's much more than just finding the foods that affect your overall immune system and, and, and your gut function and your health. There's the varying stimuli. It's the stress. It's the exercise. It's the sleep. It's monitoring your thyroid and seeing what stresses you out. And then once you assess your individual response to these varying stimuli, I give you a toolkit so that you know how to fix it. So you don't let the stress deplete your immune system. So in the last segment, when you mentioned 
happiness and inflammation. Mm. It's very important because when you are happy, you you might still be stressed out, but that stress isn't overtaking you. When we have heightened levels of cortisol, what winds up happening is that we skew our hormones, we trash our thyroid, just for people and we're putting on weight. Cortisol. Let's back up just for a second. People who may not know what cortisol is. Talk to us about that. So cortisol is your stress hormone. And this is really interesting because your body can actually not have a lot of hormones floating around and you can be okay. So women that have had total hysterectomies, they can still function. They may not feel great all the time, but they can still function. Your body cannot survive without cortisol. And when we think of cortisol or stress hormone, we think of it as a negative fact, uh, fashion. Mm-hmm. Cortisol is what wakes you up out of bed. Cortisol is the feeling that you feel when you fall in love or you're going for a good run. This, this is cortisol can be an incredibly wonderful thing in your life. But when we have heightened levels of cortisol, just like when we have heightened levels of inflammation, we start to see that there are issues. And heightened levels of cortisol are a mess. So when people say stress kills you and stress is making you fat, it's not a buzzword. It's actually true. The good news is you can fix it. I can't change the stress in your life, but I can help you mitigate the physiological response of stress. And the next day, hopefully it's better. Right. Through nutrition, in addition to all, you know, meditation and the correct. So cortisol in, in for women who are in menopause, this this ties in with the the working out cortisol. If you're over, I've learned because I went into menopause during covid. Talk about a perfect storm. Um, working out too much is also can create excess cortisol that gets in the way that at that is stressful to the body. Right. So yes, when you work out too intensely, you do raise levels of cortisol, which you don't want to do because you're not working out to gain weight, but more importantly than the weight, of course, is your overall health. Mm -hmm. So in men, heightened levels of cortisol is going to lower testosterone, which means that you're putting on weight. You have no sex drive. You're depressed. You're losing your hair. You've got the beer belly. And in women, it generally tends to lower levels of progesterone. And then you become estrogen dominant. Well, what happens with that? Now we can set ourselves up for estrogen dominant diseases like fibroids or breast cancer, God forbid. I mean, there's so much that's going on when we talk about stress and its overall effects on the body. And while it's discussed in mainstream media, I think if people would actually plot out the pathway of how stress affects you, it would be much more meaningful to people and they would take it seriously. Absolutely. So what about um, cortisol blockers, hormone blockers? What What's that about? I don't think you can really block cortisol. Um, and certainly if you're Blocking hormones, you you can raise a whole ugly kettle of fish. What I try to do is to teach people. So we use a natural, uh, several natural cortisol blockers. They're not blockers. Actually, what they do is they increase serotonin or dopamine. Mm. So it's better to work with the body's natural systems, right? So you're stressed to hear And serotonin, which is your I'm happy neurotransmitter, is here. If you take one of the herbs or supplements I recommend, well, then it's here. So I haven't changed the stress in your life, but now you're just not as stressed out by whatever was the stimuli that was stressing you, right? That's a much better way than taking hormones and shunting them. Because we really don't know the long-term effects of, of any of these medications. Just and, and the goal of your work and getting ridding the body of inflammation, or at least lowering it, is getting people for the variety of the disease, getting them off their medications, which you've done in thousands of thousands upon thousands of cases. So it's time for us to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Lynn Janae Rositas on all things inflammation, health, self-care, self-love, when we come back. Howdy. Hey, 
Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Chipping around, kick my brain to the ground. These are the days it never And we are back with Lynn Janae Rositas on the edge of every day. So I uh, was talking with my husband today, and he asked me, how do you know you have inflammation? And I said, well, that's Lynn Janae's complete protocol. And I want to get back to that in that you lay out so beautifully in the plan that understanding how you can personally figure out what are the triggers in addition to you know, I don't think a lot of people pay attention to the fact that, you know what, I just ate a cup of black beans and I don't feel great. They don't make that leap that maybe that is an inflammatory response and that it's an unhealthy bodily response. So can you lay that out a little bit more for us? Absolutely. So when you... I think the big question is, how can you gain two pounds from black beans? How can you gain two pounds from salmon? Right? This is a low-calorie, healthy food. But if it's not working for your body, what your body does is it produces histamine. Now, we think of histamine as seasonal allergies. But histamine, heightened levels of histamine means that your capillaries are leaking fluid, and then that fluid stays in your tissues. And the more histamine you release in reaction to a food, healthy or unhealthy, determines how reactive or how inflammatory that food is for you. So if you want to, let's say you need 10 pounds to lose or 200 pounds to lose, what we expect uh, on the plant or the metabolism plan is that after the cleanse, every single day, as a woman, you're eating over 2000 calories as a man over 2,800 calories, and you are losing 0.4 to 0.6 every single day. Your body is releasing inflammation. Your body is healing. And this is awesome. Yeah. When you eat a food that's reactive, it could have a mild reaction where you only lose 0.2. Eh, it's not the worst. Maybe have it once a month if you really love it or keep it out for three to six months and then retest it and it's probably going to work. But when we start to see one, two, and I've seen up to four pound weight gain from a food that has 100 to 200 calories. Remember, if your body is gaining that much weight from a healthy food, that is your body saying, I love you. What the heck are you doing? This is bad for us. This is my alert, right? That's the alarm going off. But the problem is, Most people, unless they are planners, don't know what are their foundational foods, what foods really work for my body. Body. And and the conundrum is that every few years, those foods will change. So 
that's why I developed, not that blood tests are accurate at all when it comes to food allergies, but I don't want you to spend $1,200 for a food test that's completely inaccurate when your chemistry is going to change every couple of years, every few years. I'm dealing with a gentleman right now who has high blood pressure and type 2 diabetes. We were able to get his blood sugar down to the low hundreds and 90s. We're almost able to get him off of his insulin. But what wound up happening is he got COVID. He was actually in the hospital for a month. It completely changed his chemistry and his reactions to foods because his body was under such duress. So rather than, you know, I don't want to drive you crazy. All I want you to know is that the testing protocol that I developed will work for you in your 30s, your 60s, your 80s, whenever. That's It's so fantastic. It's so fantastic. So, so yeah, we talked about that, that buzzword, um, thyroid and gut function. Um, so one of the questions that I, I got, uh, a friend of mine ha- has been on, I, of course, talk your, your book up and your plan up all the time. Uh, with people that share issues that they have and and try to get them to understand what inflammation is and how it contributes to all of these. Um, she, you had brought up, you focused on um, constipation um, and gut health. Um, she was on the plan and she noticed that some of the, the foods that she was reactive to that she needed to, to cut out were were helped her to stay regular. Interestingly enough, it didn't. It wasn't the other way around. Didn't make her constipated. Helped her. So she that she wanted to get some clarity on that in terms of um, what could that possibly be and how could she solve that. So a lot of times what winds up happening is when you eat a food that's reactive, your body will want to flush it out. That doesn't mean that it's normal digestive health. Mm. So if she were my client, I would start to ask more questions. Um, When did you have it? What was, you know, I would go into the details of her digestive health, which we don't want to cover on, um, on radio. And then if she does need certain types of foods, we would test other foods that replace it. So in the beginning of the plan, there isn't that much in the way of grain carbohydrates, especially if you're doing the metabolism plan. And there's many different types of fiber. The fiber in beans is different than the fiber in nuts. It's different than the fiber in grains, right? So if you're eating uh, a keto diet and you find that you're constantly constipated, maybe you should test some grains that work for your body because that's going to aid the digestion. The goal is to take these foundational foods that I've established, and hopefully in two to three months, you're not eating any of them. You were eating the foods that you love that work for your body. And it's only when you do that, that you can come back and redo the cleanse, you know, twice a year, once again, understand what's working for your body and what's not working for your body. But I found that so many people took the, the food in the plan of the 20 days or the food in the metabolism plan for the 30 days is the holy gospel. And they were scared to go beyond it because they're like, I'm losing weight and I feel great. And this is amazing. But you can't keep doing the same foods because a huge principle of mine is rotate or react. If you don't rotate your foods, you're going to start to build food sensitivities. So if you were to get your blood work done and you ate spinach five days in a row, guess who's going to show up as having a spinach sensitivities when spinach is actually fine for you. And that's why people say to me all the time, I can't believe I got my blood work done for food allergy testing and all the foods that I love are on there. You're not rotating your foods. That's all. Yeah. I've also heard we're always attracted to the thing that's most, that's the worst for our bodies. I I don't get that, but. Well, what it is, is, and you bring up a very good point. This goes back to gut function. So what winds up happening, if you're eating a reactive food, what it's going to do is it's going to feed certain microbes in your body, or it could feed yeast. And they can Ah, have a good life. Yes. Yes. So if you're eating something, let's say you're eating cauliflower, and it feeds yeast. And you're like, oh, cauliflower is really healthy. I'm going to keep eating it. And it keeps 
allowing the, the strains that feed off of cauliflower or carbohydrates or meat or whatever you're eating, mm. it allows them to become dominant. And then they become the boss of you, right? So you don't want to have cauliflower every day, but the cauliflower microbes are like, hey, cauliflower is amazing. <laughs> and you're like, why are my hormones skewed and I'm putting on weight and I'm craving cauliflower? I'm eating healthy, right? Oh, completely. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, like tortilla chips is really just the, the insanity of, of corn and tortilla. It's my body. If you put those in front of me, just step out of the way because, you know, you're going to get I'm going to tell you something right now. Here's a little tip. In the eye. Here's a little tip. I actually love uh, tortilla chips, too. And so when I had my restaurant uh, and we were serving foods for all of our clients, I would make homemade tortilla chips with fresh oil at a certain heat, I changed the oil, everybody would pass my tortilla chips, and then they'd have regular tortilla chips, and they'd be a hot mess. So try an air fryer, or if you have a fryer at home, make your own, and I bet you're going to pass. I love, love, love it. Well, this brings up also another grain, you know, the multi-grain thing. What I loved in your book about, you know, the whole bread thing, and I'm gluten-free and I can have bread and I can have those carbs. And I mean, the insanity around bread um, that, that we, you know, I have friends who refuse, they will not eat any bread because they say that it, they're gluten intolerant, which I'm not certain is the case, and that they don't want the carbs. Talk to us about, and I know that there's a, a lot to unpack in there with the multigrain and the breads and such, but talk to us about fiber and bread. Okay, first of all, we need to, I think, start with a simple concept where is bread, bread bad? <laughs> and I would find that for 80% of the population, they can eat bread. That gentleman I was talking to you about, the type 2 diabetic who they said never ate bread, he eats bread and he eats pasta and his blood sugar drops. Excellent. It drops. Yeah. Okay, so 80% of the people can eat bread. If you have an autoimmune disease, it's not quite as high. It might be closer to 50% can still have gluten. But when we're talking to New Yorkers, of course, we're assuming a bagel is bread and an English muffin is bread and pizza is bread. And what winds up happening is that these flours have more gluten and gluten is tougher to digest. Yeah. But also, if you eat bread every day, who do you think is going to build up a gluten sensitivity? You, just the same way you would build up a sensitivity to cauliflower or spinach. Yeah. So when my son had a, a wheat sensitivity, and it was really bad, um, I took him off all gluten for a year. And the first thing I introduced was double zero flour from Caputo's from Italy. You can order it uh, on Amazon or go to any Italian specialty store and they'll what have it. What is that it. name again? That again? Caputo's double zero flour. Do you know how people say all the time, oh, I went to Italy and I was having pizza and pasta and I lost weight and I came to America and I was gaining weight. It's our flour. <laughs> it's not that flour is bad. It's our flour. Right. So that, that's where we start just with the initial entry level of gluten. Mm. When we're talking about identifying the foods that do and don't work for you, if you're eating a bread that has 12 grains, the odds are at least one of them is not going to work for you. Yes. Right. More likely two to three. So you're eating that healthy bread and you feel crappy and you're like, bread sucks. It doesn't suck. You just haven't found the grains that work for your body. Then when we're talking about gluten-free products and actually on my Instagram page, Lingenay's Kitchen, all, not all, but so many of my recipes are gluten-free and protein-rich. Not that gluten is bad, but I want to show people that the gluten flours the worst, the worst, the worst, highly inflammatory, tapioca starch, potato starch, uh, teff, teff's great if you're from Ethiopia. If you're not, your body's not going to know how to digest it. Quinoa, if you're native to the Andes, your body's going to do great. If you're an American and you're having quinoa, you're going to have a hugely inflammatory response. So for the gluten-free stuff, Stick with the clean stuff, stick with the almond flour, stick with the coconut flour, stick with one grain, right? That's always my thing. Keep it clean. Keep it simple. You can easily identify if something's working or it's not. 
Perfect. Keep it simple. That's a perfect time for us to take a break. And when we come back with Lynn Janae, we will continue our discussion and we'll find out what's up next for her. Stay tuned on the edge of every day. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on talkradio.nyc. Post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Chipping around, kick my brain to the ground. These are the days it never We are back with Lynn Janae Recites. You can find Lynn Janae online at Lynn, L-Y-N-G-E-N-E-T dot com. You can find where to purchase her books, all kinds of information, recipes, you name it, it's on there. And she's very ubiquitous on um, social media. And we will have all of that, all of her links in the show notes. Make sure that you check those out when we post them back on the website at talkradio.nyc. So, Lynn Janae, um, COVID was a perfect storm for me uh, in in mild depression. Uh, I wouldn't say that I, you know, was hugely depressed like a lot of people got it got during COVID and stressed. But certainly I lost a lot of work. I had the rug pulled out from underneath me combined with menopause. So this, um, the onslaught of that. So there was some weight gain, a bit of weight gain for me. But it touches on a few issues and um, menopausal weight gain and depression and in anxiety. And I, I don't know where I heard this. I listened to something that you were speaking on and you talked about you you have uh, potentially uh, an, an upcoming book that might be um, dealing with or um, information on anxiety. Is that on your, on your next list of things that you're creating? It is. So um, I've started a series called Tame the Flame, which is inflammation and depression. Oh, and anxiety. Great. Tame the flame. That's fabulous. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what's interesting, we were talking about histamine earlier, right? When you eat a reactive food, it causes histamine to, rely, to rise. When you, of course, are stressed out, it skews your hormones. What's interesting is that there are dozens of histamine receptors on the brain. So if you are in a heightened histamine state, you are going to be more depressed or anxious, Mm. Of course, if your hormones are all over the place, what's going to wind up happening is it's going to attack your thyroid. Your thyroid is not only your master gland for your metabolism, but also a master gland for your mood. Then we have gut function. So the vagus nerve is uh, a nerve that travels from your stomach to your brain. And the research behind uh, stimulating or depressing the vagus nerve to optimize uh, mental health is huge. 
And I'm excited to say that. So I, I was going to write that, but then my dear friend, Dr. Zadkoy, who has started this amazing program uh, with vets, which 200 doctors at this point are teaching and he's working with PTSD. Mm-hmm. So it's called Soldiers on Resiliency Program. I'm going to be on the board for that. I'm doing videos for that. And of course, it's going to center. So for all the vets, all of this work is going to be for free, but we're going, he's going to roll it out to other avenues, um, to companies, to uh, health sites, so people can start to understand the link between food and mood. I remember working with this one woman who said, uh, I was on five medications and I was told I'd be on them for the rest of my life. And she was a healthy vegetarian. Well, it just turns out it was almonds and oatmeal that she was eating that was a cause of her depression. And when she took those out, she cut the meds. And she was funny. She's like, I still have my diet soda every day. I can have my ice cream, but I'm not depressed. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, it did. It- you know, having an hour with you is like nothing that this woman, the font of information. of this woman. <laughs> but I want to touch on this, too, because it's our last segment. Um, I was very curious to hear you speak also about supplements and um, MSN or MSM. And do are you an advocate of supplements? If so, what and what is MSM and why is it fantastic? So I believe that supplements are absolutely amazing and they can act as a catalyst for your health. But if I'm going to have you rotate your spinach and your bread, you can bet I'm going to have you rotate your supplements if you need them for health reasons, because everything has its health benefits. Everything has its potential health risks. So 10 years ago, they were saying take vitamin E if you have a heart attack. So of course, the diligent people were taking vitamin E every day and then they found out Oh, it increases your chance for a heart attack. Vitamin D, latest kid on the block. Vitamin D supplementation, if it's too high for your body, can increase free-floating calcium, which means that you're more at risk for fractures and heart attack. That's not why you're taking supplements. So everything has its good parts. And so I really believe that, especially if you're eating a diet and you start to reduce the inflammation through your diet, you don't really need supplements. If I'm sick, I will take zinc 30 milligrams every three to four hours for one to two days. And when I feel better, it goes back in the fridge, right? That's how you work with it. Um, Vitamin D, maybe you're outside a lot in the summer, so you don't need the vitamin D and you start bringing it in around November, right? That's being smart. That's thinking about my lifestyle, my health needs. How do I use this very powerful tool to optimize my best health. Now, when we talk about MSM, it really is one of my favorite supplements. So in the beginning, when I first wrote the plan, I mentioned MSM for uh, chronic allergies and, uh, you know, we put some people on them. What I found out after I wrote the plan, I started getting letters from all over the world. People were like, yeah, I did the plan and it's amazing, but my, I don't have asthma anymore i don't have have a what asthma Mm. oh wow Um, my autoimmune disease is in remission so what's really interesting is from our sinuses down to our colon we're one long mucosal chain and when we have a weak link in that chain it starts to affect other parts of your body Mm. so what msm does is it acts like pretend this is your lung or your sinuses what msm does is it acts as a barrier, as a shield. Mm. And what it does is it allows the mucosa to heal. So let's go back to that example of um, I, sp- I skinned my knee. And you keep skinning your knee. Your knee's not going to heal, right? If you're eating the strawberries and you think the strawberries are great, what it's going to do is it's going to erode away in that mucosa. So now your mucosa is your skinned knee. So what you do is you do the plan. You're like, oh, strawberries suck. You take the <laughs> MSM, the MSM acts as a shield to all pathogens for your body, whether it's bacteria or 
Uh, it's reactive foods, and it allows the mucosa to heal. So basically, it's putting a Band-Aid on your mucosa, and uh, that's why I love it. So people were saying, "How could people, I've been on asthma meds my entire life, and I'm off them. I've had acid reflux, and the autoimmune disease thing is huge because, as many of your listeners may know, one of the major bases for autoimmune disease is disrupted gut function. Oh my! Well, can you can you elaborate a bit on gut function and probiotics and prebiotics and healing? Oh my lord! Okay, so um, <laughs> oh wait, pro- probiotics taken on a daily basis—the worst thing you can do. Don't do it. Do not do it. Okay. So what we want for a really healthy gut is gut diversity. Yeah. And if you are a smart person and you're taking something with 10 strains, you're like, yay me, it's got 50 billion cells and I rule. But what if you are taking acidophilus and acidophilus is already a dominant strain in your gut? What you're doing is you're imbalancing your gut so that acidophilus is the boss of you and that can lessen gut diversity. Right. So what we say is when you when you test those strawberries and they don't work for you take msm take a probiotic for that day and then put it back in the fridge prebiotics are an absolute mess absolute mess so if you were working let's say uh in a lab with a mouse with perfect gut function and they didn't have yeast and they didn't have a disruptive gut function and they didn't have whatever going on then a prebiotic so Sounds like a great idea. A prebiotic feeds a probiotic. The problem is, is most of us, if not 99% of us, have disrupted gut function. And what prebiotics do is they cause fermentation, which means it's going to make yeast worse. It's going to make SIBO worse. It's going to make IBS worse. It's basically, you can think of it as like scrubby bubbles in your stomach, causing all sorts of havoc. Yeah, totally. Worsening your digestion. Got it. Got it. Wow. So much to think about. So much that we touched on. Thank you, Lynn Janae Resitas, for being on the edge of every day and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and your great spirit and your great sense of service. It's been an absolute pleasure. Can I just say one thing? Yes, please. If what you're doing is working, keep doing it. I know everything that I'm saying, I sound like this contrarian and you're like, oh, my God. I'm going to blow up. I'm doing all this stuff that Lynn says might be bad. All I'm trying to do is raise awareness for people that think they're doing the right thing. And they're saying, why do I have cancer? I I think it's helpful to know there's always a reason why. And when you know why you can fix it. Well, and that, that is why your work is so intuitively makes such intuitive sense is that it's, it's a constant connection to the wisdom of the body. And that's extraordinary. So, so thank you again, Lynn Janae, for being on the show. And I want to thank all of you who are listening in. Remember, Lynn Janae, L-Y-N-G-E-N-E-T dot com is Lynn Janae's website. And we will have um, her social media links in our show notes that will be posted under the edge of every day on talkradio.nyc. Thank you so much for listening in. Until next Monday. Take good care, and remember, you are always on the edge of the miraculous. Till next time. This is our last dance. This is our last dance. This is our Under pressure. Under pressure. Under pressure. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a 
business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.